This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hi, I'm Stephen Krasowski, Communications Manager at RMA. Today, I'm joined by Monica Bolin, Certified Enterprise Risk Professional and Risk Management Expert at N-Contracts, and Rafael de Leon, Senior Vice President of Industry Engagement, also at N-Contracts, to discuss the results of a recent RMA survey designed in partnership with N-Contracts on culture and conduct. Monica and Raphael, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. So Monica, we'll start with you. On the whole, what did the survey tell you about the relationship between culture and risk management and banking? Well, Stephen, the, the survey really confirmed that the bankers have done a good job of risk management and they've really made great progress on the governance and culture piece. I think that institutions are really realizing the importance and the impact of decisions they make uh, really based on that good culture and the communication. So it looks like we still have some work to do, but everybody is definitely moving in the right direction. Great. Monica, as a follow-up, what results, if any, surprised you? Well, one thing that surprised me was that 42% of the respondents said that it had been more than 18 months since they had reviewed and revised their training program. A lot has changed in that time. Uh, We do a good job of updating policies and procedures, but one thing that often doesn't get addressed at the same time is the training curriculum. So when we look at that training curriculum, we should be looking at not only are the necessary courses in place uh, for the specific job areas or responsibilities, but is the curriculum current? Does it match the culture, the appetites, our procedures? So this should be part of the change management process. So to really update your training as changes occur, Um, in the regulations and policies and procedures and things like that. So that's really important. The other thing that surprised me was that 14% of the respondents could not say that their leaders and managers demonstrated and communicated appropriate culture and behavior. So you can glass half full it if you want and see that 86% said that the leaders and managers do that, but The 14% was much higher than I expected. As leaders and managers and C-suite, we have got to make sure that the culture, including that risk culture, is is set at the top and communicated not only effectively, but regularly to all the staff. And the other part of that, too, is that we must demonstrate that appropriate culture and behavior. So we need to be the example. We're really building the future leaders and managers of our institutions and and really our communities too. So so if you demonstrate that to your entire team now, it's going to help build a great foundation for emerging leaders down the road. Raphael, from a former regulator's perspective, what are your thoughts about how often risk management is evaluated? I'm encouraged to see the numbers. <clears throat> Again, we, we've known that banks are evaluating their risk culture uh, and, and taking those into account. Uh, the, given the numbers that turned out in the survey that basically 75% of the respondents have been evaluating risk culture for three or more years, 
and more than 50% have been looking at it for five years or more pretty regularly. So what that says to me, even as a former regulator, is um, evaluating the risk culture is becoming part of the DNA of these institutions, of a lot of financial institutions, and we can see how that differentiates itself. Uh, a strong risk management culture is really about the leadership and that leadership that creates value. Uh, and we've seen by a number of different studies that long-term equity value of a company is really perceived as having good leadership. And that could increase your uh, book value by almost 30% at least. So again, I think, again, that's the bigger takeaway that it's becoming part of the DNA and people are looking at how to evaluate and how, how to model that. I would say one of the other kind of formal metrics around this is that we see 25% uh, of the respondents found it was moderately important to have formal metrics, even like net promoter scores that are frequently tracked. 33% found it important uh, and they have formal metrics and thresholds that require action. And just as important, 37% uh, found it very important that significant resources are dedicated towards measuring reputational risk changes and ensuring the adequacy of responses when necessary. So overall, we've got, you know, again, 95% who see it somewhere on that spectrum of important. Great. Raphael, um, moving on, what changes do you foresee upon culture and risk in the near and long term? I think, again, when we go back and, and look at the numbers, it was interesting to see that uh, a number you know, of respondents said that, uh, you know, again, their deployment of resources, about 60% of them had stayed the same, but 40% increased. Uh, but when you look at events like COVID and what's going on now in uh, the Ukraine, risk changes rapidly. And, and because of these rapidly changing risks, I think we're going to see continued increases in terms of where financial institutions are spending money and where they're investing in really good risk management. Great. Raphael, ESG is starting to gain prominence for FIs. What does this survey tell us? I think the survey really kind of points out to me that there's a mixed bag of results. 44% said reputation, risk, and ESG oversight are managed independently from each other. And 40% said there's some overlap between how reputation risk and ESG oversight is managed or reported. Uh, what that gets down to me is ESG is one of those newer areas. And so is it going to be a subset of, of compliance or risk management, uh, how the institution is looking at it? But what it tells me is more people are starting to look for it. So it's finding the right resources to begin addressing that. And then the rest will kind of fall into place as to uh, what this means for ESG and their prominence. I would say like, again, the risk culture, again, developing formal metrics around that. We're starting to see ESG uh, uh, pop up on a lot of institutions' web pages and what they're doing. And I think those are the best types of, of strategies to follow when uh, I think, again, where institutions find trouble is when they start overthinking what does ESG look like versus talking about what the institution has done on a very practical way. And once you begin talking about it and you lay that out for uh, on your website, I think, again, metrics will follow from there. Well, and I'll, I'll jump in and add that, you know, the the question was really to see where those things were being managed, like in what departments, but 22% of the respondents, the banks under 10 billion are not managing reputation risk and or ESG oversight. So the survey results tell me that this really needs to be a focus 
So there just really needs to be a plan. So for ESG, you don't have to spend a lot of money, but really address your risks, uh, including the internal ones, such as your hiring and promotional and educational opportunities, being aware of your energy usage and alternatives and being aware of your lending portfolio and policies. And on the external side, uh, really ways, like Raphael was talking about, ways you can positively impact your community and outreach programs. Great. Monica and Raphael, any final thoughts on the results of the survey? I would just add in that uh, where I was talking about uh, risk being becoming a part of the DNA of the culture, I really start to see the difference that risk is being integrated with strategic planning within financial institutions. And, and that combined with the quality of risk information and analysis really empowers an institution, giving it the tools uh, to make it smarter uh, and make more informed decisions. Uh, again, I think, again, that's going to equate to long-term consistent success for a lot of institutions. Monica and Raphael, this has been a very informative discussion on the results of Culture and Conduct Survey. Thank you both again for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Stephen.